Oh, for goodness sake, I'm a happily married man. Maris means the world to me. Why, just the other day, I kissed her for no reason whatsoever. And I've got the pleasure today of talking with Dr. Judy Kuriansky. She's a clinical psychologist and a popular TV and radio personality. Dr. Kuriansky wrote the book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Dating, and she also is the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to a Healthy Relationship. And those are very easy-to-read books. I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Ken. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I, I thought today we could talk about sex. You know, most people, when they're young, they can't wait to have a partner, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then when they're older, they don't want to hear about sex anymore, especially not with their partner. How can, how, what goes wrong with sex? Why do people love it and hate it? Well, it's so important to recognize that for a lot of people, when they give up that experience of sex, what they're giving up is pleasure, the pleasure of being intimate. So when we hear the word sex to me, Ellen, it's, I think seduction, I think romance, I think pleasure and intimacy. And so if people redefine it that way, then they won't say, oh, I don't want to have sex, or oh, you're bothering me, or oh, it's going to mean I have to perform, or oh, I can't do it the same as, or I'm busy. All those excuses, that's because people have in their mind an idea of what sex is. And so if they redefine it, as something that is pleasurable and intimate, then I think people can enjoy it all through their life. And you know, one of the problems I find with that, I love what you're saying, one of the problems I find with that is that, uh, especially with women, I find it more with women than with men, they're not able to give themselves the right, the permission to enjoy their bodies, to enjoy the sensuality, to enjoy their partner. It's more that they feel like they have to serve them and it's a duty and it's something heavy and you get it over with. It's on your checklist. You check it off. Okay, serve the man over, you know, done. And how do you help them reframe that into a pleasure rather than into a task? There's several ways to do it. One of the first important foundations is to understand where those attitudes come came from. And people have grown up with learning about them. Uh, might be religious attitudes they have. They might have parental attitudes. They might have seen unpleasant relationships. They might have had a bad experience. There's been so many people, women especially, who feel they've been used or abused in various ways and in sex. And so that develops that kind of negativity and a, a, a not a good association to it. So getting over your any negative attitudes, um, recognizing that you're entitled is a second step, that you're entitled to pleasure, that life doesn't have to be so difficult. Uh, the third step is changing your brain into any negative thought, changing it to a positive thought. And so that every time you're saying to yourself, this feels good, instead of, oh, I didn't like the way that was, or that's too hard, or that's, that didn't feel right, or oh, my partner's expecting something of me. Those thoughts, that's cognitive therapy. We call it changing the thoughts in your mind. And then four would be doing things, small things that are pleasurable for yourself, where you build them up to being something that's sexual. Taking yeah. a bath is something pleasurable. Going for a bike ride on a beautiful day or even walking out in the rain and smiling. And those are little things that teach you that you're entitled to pleasure. And then, ultimately, a sexual experience can become pleasurable. 
So you build it up by small increments. You're helping retrain your mind that you have a right to enjoyment in life. You have a right to pleasure. You have a right to to smell the roses, essentially. Well, exactly. And, and that many times people rob themselves of that because, really, you're the only one that can fundamentally do it to yourself. And so to start opening that up for yourself, you, you take small steps. As you say, you can take a bath or a bubble bath or a nice walk or go out for some tea or just buy yourself a new CD, music that you love, and give yourself permission to sit down and listen to it. And that's building up to a Eventually, feeling like you can be in a relationship and say, hey, this feels good when you do it to me. Do it a little more. Well, exactly. And oh, what helps when you get to the sex part in a, in a couple is to really give feedback and to let the partner know what you like and, and how you prefer to be touched. Now, let me play devil's say, advocate for a minute, but it's too embarrassing. How can I talk about anything sexual? I mean, I can't even touch myself. How, how, you know, what do I do with a partner? I, well, exactly. You've really pinpointed something right there, Dr. Kennedy, that's really crucial. And that is that women and men, but women particularly, need to know what pleases them first. This is the fundamental message that as sex therapists we've been teaching women for years and years, and they still need to learn it, which is know what you like so that you can then teach your partner about it. And that could be if you're comfortable either in words or just in movements. There was something very important about what I, what I said, though, and that is to say what you like. Uh, it's very important to avoid the criticisms or saying, I don't like this or don't touch me like that, because that intimidates men, that that makes them very upset, that makes them focus on negative things. And, you know, this is a little generalization. Men's egos are, are very sensitive and fragile. Ours are, too, as women. But if you are training a child, for example, think about it with your partner. You wouldn't wake a child up in the morning and say, Oh, you look terrible, or, or oh, you know, today's going to be very stressful. I mean, so you need to say positive things to a kid, and you say positive things to your partner. And when it comes to making love, and you say, I love when you say that, those kinds of things to me, or I love when you put your hand here, or it feels so good uh, just, you know, when you hug me that way. Those feedbacks are crucial. So to keep a, a dialogue going or to just give some feedback, instead of having it totally silent, you can say what feels good, what, well, you say don't say what doesn't feel good. Is there a polite way or a tactful way that you can say what doesn't feel good in case the person is doing it and you really don't like it? And Always, Dr. Kenner, by doing one of two things. Either you take his hand and you move it somewhere where you do like it, and then you say, this is how I really like it. Yeah. Um, secondly, you say, I prefer when you do and fill in the blanks. And that way the person sees what is positive, always moving towards the positive. Think okay. about it if you're riding a bike. You know, if you're learning to ride a bike, you're learning to throw a ball, you're learning how to garden, whatever it is. You want to know, this is the way you put the seed in. This is how you cover the, the ground. I mean, those are things you don't want to hear the don'ts. Okay, so it, it's very different if you're making love in quotes and your partner's saying, I hate it when you do that, or yeah. why are you doing that, or that smells, or yeah. that's stupid, I don't like that. Right, not good. Right, that's not good. And so what you're encouraging is to, instead of doing that, where you may just end up closing off and stop the, stopping the communication completely, 
You don't want that to happen. Instead of doing that, you're saying to say, I prefer it when you do this, or to move the hand gently where you want it, and to give feedback as to what you like. Exactly. And and the point you raised before that I'd like to emphasize, because it's so important, is to take responsibility for your own pleasure, too. He should know. Why do I have to tell him? If he loved me, he should know what feels good. Exactly. But I don't even know what feels good for me, you know, assuming it's someone who's who's been very repressed for a long time. Well, exactly. Well, I hope you can, I hope we've encouraged people to experiment and enjoy their sex life. And I'm talking with Dr. Judy Kuriansky, the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Dating and The Complete Idiot's Guide to a Healthy Relationship. And thank you for joining me today. And I want to tell you that I recently went to get a Swedish massage and boy was it sensual. It was fabulous and I just recommend it. If you've never tried one in your life, go for one. It's wonderful. So that if you need to rekindle your sensual life, Enjoy it. Try it. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and be with you again next week. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke, who's world famous for his theories in goal setting. What if the partner you want doesn't want you. One essential principle to remember in the dating world is that you cannot force a mind. You can't force someone you like to like you, no matter how strong your desires. That person is judging your appropriateness for his or her happiness, just as you are doing. Rational dating properly includes mutually judging one another. Because love is so individual, finding the right match is not easy, and rejection and disappointments are likely, if not inevitable, before you find the right partner. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.